0: Welcome, I'm so excited to be able to worship with you and just share the joy of Christmas. It's Christmas, it's hard to believe Thanksgiving is over, and uh, I don't know if you guys have a tree up, but uh, my wife and I, Ashley, we went out and, and bought a tree yesterday, and, uh, you know, it, it's just so great to be surrounded by all of, these, all of these reminders of what Christmas is about. You know, just a little while ago, Laura uh, talked about that overflowing joy, and unlike water flowing out of a cup or, or um, laundry overflowing out of a basket, uh, our joy, the joy that we receive from God, that we receive from Christ, it doesn't just flow, uh, just flow everywhere, but it has direction. It flows out towards other people, but as... The Christmas tree reminds us it flows up back to God, lifting up our praises to Him, and that is what we're going to be talking about today. You know, one of the great things that we're that we're going to be doing throughout this Advent season is sharing the voices of you guys, from hearing from the congregation, not just from the pastors, not just from me or the other people on staff, but from you guys. And so today. Uh, we get to hear from our very own Ada Ahrens. So let's watch that.
1: My name is Ada Ahrens. I have been a member along with my husband and my family uh, for over 50 years. Well, I think a lot of it was um, focused around the tree and the village that's under the tree. I have to blame my husband for all of this. I had the privilege of sharing 61 Christmases with my husband, Bob. And um, five years ago at Christmas time was a very difficult time because he was very ill. And I just didn't know how I was going to be able to go on from there. So getting through that first Christmas was difficult, but what I try to do with the decorations on the tree and the village underneath it is to bring back memories of Bob and spending Christmases with family and friends and and the traditions that we started and keeping those traditions going because they bring me an awful lot of joy. Too many times when we think about preparation and getting ready for Christmas. Like so many people, you think about running to the stores and getting the, the right gift and, and, you know, Christmas cards and cooking and, and all that kind of stuff. But what we always try to emphasize with our children is we are getting ready to celebrate the birth of Christ. And we're getting ready for that. The same way you would be getting ready for the birth of any baby or celebrating anybody's birthday. Think about Mary and what a trusting young woman she was when she found out she was going to be the mother of Jesus, and how she sets an example for all of us that we have to believe, that we have to have faith, that we have to trust that God is making the right decisions in our lives, sets an example for all of us. that that that's the way we should be with God. And and it just has to bring you joy because God knows what's best. And we just have to keep moving on and try to find joy in everything that we do.
0: I love the way that that Ada uh, just highlights what this is about, just that despite the craziness, despite the upset and, and, and the way that we practice things, it's really what we're doing here is celebrating the birth of our Savior, awaiting for His coming. And, and I think if there's anything that 2020 has shown us, it's that we need our Savior and we need Him to come. And so let's, uh, let's spend some time focusing in on that. Uh, so grace and peace to you from God our Father and from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, once again, we are making difficult decisions. Uh, We're making similar choices that we had to face uh, about nine months ago. And just like uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, we're now looking towards a holiday that is filled with family and tradition and worship. And we're wondering how we're going to do that. Although it's a little bit different. You know, with Easter, everything was new. Everybody was kind of on their toes, figuring out what to do. But now, uh, this situation is very, very familiar. We know what's happening around us. With worship, uh, with Easter, that that novelty of online worship, of worshiping in your PJs or on the couch, it it seems exciting. And now, well, we're, we're all kind of tired of having to watch our loved ones from a screen. We're tired of, of having to use Zoom as a verb, of having to uh, listen to all the reports, of, of having to second guess whether or not that hug that you gave someone was a good idea. We're all tired of this. In this gloom of this fever dream that we call COVID, we're all, we're all looking for something. We're all yearning and craving for something. And that is Joy. Today, today we begin a new church here with the season of Advent. It is the season of expectant waiting. And, you know, unlike other years, I think this year we really have a good idea of what it means to wait expectantly for something. Ever since March, we've all been waiting for our vaccine, this, this magical thing that'll make everything go back to normal. And finally, about two weeks ago, we heard the vaccine's coming. Not just one, though. We've got two and possibly three, and they're not just effective, but they're very effective. But upon hearing this, you know, for some of us, there is some uncertainty. How is this going to affect us as individuals? Are you actually going to get the vaccine anytime soon? How is this going to work? But today, this month in the season of Advent, we begin to celebrate the wait for what we are certain of. Today is the first Sunday in Advent when we wait expectantly for the coming of the one who will save us. We wait for the child to be born and for the son to be given. But we don't do so with unfounded hope, but with the certainty of God's own promise. It is that joy given in God's promises that we see pour out, uh, pouring out of these two cousins in our gospel reading for today. Luke allows us to see a glimpse into this intimate celebration between these Blessed woman. This is what he has to say. This is what Luke tells us about that event. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. See, the first thing that we notice, the first thing that we notice in this encounter between Mary and Elizabeth is the joy that they shared in that moment. I mean, can you imagine being Mary or Elizabeth? Can you imagine being them? Just moments before, Mary... Had been told by the angel Gabriel that she was going to be the mother of God. Now that's pretty, that's just life breaking, that's just world breaking. It changes everything. And then for Elizabeth, who had prayed for years and years for a son, now has been blessed with one. Even after she nearly lost hope that she would ever conceive, she was blessed with a son not just any son but the son who would herald in the messiah <sighs> these two women share such a unique experience who else could share the joy of the, uh, the joy that they were experiencing except for the other well as luke tells us apparently god can and god did for he sent his Holy Spirit in that moment to share in their joy and to just turn it up a notch to to the point where their joy was just overflowing, just pouring out to them. These two women were chosen by God to usher in his salvation plan. They had so much to be joyful about. No one else, save Zechariah, had been blessed in such a way. Elizabeth, and especially Mary, they were and are considered to be highly honored because of the roles that God had given to them. They had been blessed in such a way. But it wasn't just the, the, the children that they were blessed with, but by, giving, by, giving, uh, by them receiving these, these children, these sons, they were privileged to know the prophecies and promises that God had made to his people they were, they were given the privilege to know that those were being done in them and through them before almost anyone else. How amazing would it be to have such high treatment and praise from the creator and the ruler of, the, of, of all? They had so much joy. I can just imagine that in those pregnant months that they shared together, they they traded glances with one another and and had some conversations that would amount to to how crazy is this? How crazy is it that, that we are the ones who are able to do this? But the joy that we witness in Luke's account, in his record of the moment, it doesn't flow from their positions, it doesn't flow from the things that they are doing. Their joy, it flows from what God was doing in them. The joy, it doesn't come from Elizabeth's answered prayer, and it doesn't come from their shared privilege to be the mothers to the two great prophets of peace. But their joy, it flows from the things that God was doing for them and through them. I mean, up until this point, God had been silent for centuries not sending a single prophet. But now, to these two women, God was proclaiming the promise that he had given to Adam and Eve, the promise that he gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the prophecies that he fulfilled, or that he foretold through Isaiah and Ezekiel, through Elijah and Elisha. All of these things were being fulfilled through them. And Elizabeth and Mary had a front row seat. What they saw was that God was alive and God is coming for his people. And that hope, that joyous proclamation, it it just, they couldn't contain it. This joy, it builds up to Mary, in Mary to the point where she can't help but sing and she proclaims, saying, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, generations will call me blessed. For he who, has, he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. As we well know, Mary's life was turned upside down by these events. From the moment that the angel Gabriel came to her, everything changed for her life. But she didn't dwell on that or, or worry about the craziness that lay ahead of her. Nor did she revel in being called by God, uh, being uh, being called by God as the most as being worthy of praise before all women. That's not what she dwelled on because she knew where her joy lay. She knew where her hope was from, and it was in the promises and work of God. Little is said about Mary's character. We can gather a little bit from the way that she, uh, she reacts and how she interacts with Gabriel and with Joseph and, and others. But Scripture, it doesn't dwell on her piety or on her righteousness. And as far as we know, Mary doesn't really care about that either. Because ultimately it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about what she does. See, what's unique about Mary is, is not how pious she was, or how submissive she was, or, or just how, how good she was. What's unique about Mary is how common and basic she was. And yet in in that, in her her commonness, in her, her basicness, God worked through her and in her life. Like Mary, God is working in your life. Like Mary, our lives have been rather crazy as of late. I'm sure your Thanksgiving, it didn't look like how it did last year. I'm sure it wasn't how... you wanted wanted it to be. And if I was a betting man, I'd also wager that your Christmas is not going to look like how you'd want it to be. It's different. But through it all, God is there with you. He is doing the work only he can do. Just as Mary was lifted up to glory from her humble estate, Jesus has done something even more spectacular for you. He has, lived, uh, has done even, something even more spectacular for you by going to the cross and trading your sins, your flaws, for his inheritance as the one and only son of God. He has lifted you up from your humble estate to become a prince or a princess of God's own kingdom. And like Mary, your hope, your glory, it's not in what you do, but in what God is doing For you. I'm sure that your mom is probably going to contest this, but you're not that special. Just like Mary wasn't all that special. And yet God has looked on you. He's looking on you, and he's not just looking on you, but he is actively engaged in every moment of your life. See, our God, He loves you so much. That he doesn't want to just spend one moment with you, but he wants to spend every moment with you now and forever, and that is why he sent his son on Christmas. He didn't do this because uh, because you're exceptionally holy. Just like, you know, nobody in our church is exceptionally holy. Although I'm sure some people in our church and our congregation could be uh, easily canonized. We're all saints, not because of what we do, but because of what our Savior has done for us. Mary's joy and Elizabeth's joy is for the coming of Mary's son, of Jesus Christ. It's in him and because of him that we have life. He is the one who came from heaven. He is the one who walked in our midst despite being, uh, being attacked by those who represented God's people. He is the one who was willing to take on our sins, not just the sins of a few people, but the sins of the whole world, both past, present, and future. He is the one who came to trade his life for yours. He is the one who continues to pour out his spirit onto this world, onto the rebels of this world and transform them into his very own brothers and sisters. And Christ has done this for you and he continues to be with you. That is who our savior is. That is what our joy is from. It is from him. It is from the one who has given us life. It's for this reason that Mary's song is all about what God was doing. What I love about the Magnificat is that it's not just about what God was doing to Mary. Mary didn't just spend the entire time in introspection. But Mary's praise, it pours forth uh, into the praises for what God was doing for the world that God was bringing to fruition his plan, that he set before her and her ancestors and her offspring. Her joy came from the fulfillment of God's promises, and that's what she says. The second second part of her song continues by saying, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the humble with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. See, Mary's joy, it flows from the fulfillment of God's promises. He has kept his covenant despite generation after generation of people breaking it. He promised that he would save them and bring them into everlasting paradise where where fear and want would be forgotten and where life would no longer be contrasted by death. This promise that he gave to his people, that he gave to, to Mary and to Elizabeth, that he fulfilled through Jesus, is the same promise that he has given to you. We have this promise. We are part of this promise. And for that reason, our joy, it flows from the work of the Mighty One because He has brought healing and restoration to our world. And while, yes, we're not entirely free from, our, free from fear, we still experience it. And, and, and want, it still, it still eats at us. And especially now, life is very much defined by death. But despite all that, Christ Christ has already won victory on the cross. Our Savior, Mary's son, has robed us in his life. And just as he has passed from death's veil into life, because we are robed in his life, we too have done that also. We have been set free from death's chains. And it's because of what Christ has done. Ada, in her video, uh, she mentions that despite what is happening around Christmas, her family focuses always on what Jesus uh, has done and what he is, is coming to do. And what better focus to have than in him? The source of our constant joy and the joy that only he can bring. Mary and Elizabeth knew what they were carrying. They knew who they were carrying, but they still had to wait, and they still didn't know everything that was to lay ahead. And While Christ has brought you into his family and has given you a new life, a new birth into his eternal life, we still wait expectantly for the fulfillment of what he started that day on Calvary. We may not know what Christmas will look like, but we do know what this Christmas means. Our Savior has come, and he will come again. The promises that he fulfilled on the cross are guaranteed, and he will fulfill them in your life because he loves you, and he has poured his life out onto you. He has given you that faith. And so, the busyness of Christmas is upon us. And there's a lot to do I know that there is a lot to do. In the midst of everything, there's this added weariness of of pandemic life. But here and now, we pause to remember the great things God and Christ has done for us. We contemplate the great things God and Christ will do for us. And in this way, we ready ourselves to celebrate his birth and his return. So with Mary, our souls magnify the Lord and our spirit rejoices in God, our Savior. For he has done great things for us. Holy is his name. Amen. as As we head into this first week of Advent, I invite you to rejoice in what Christ has done for you this week. Remember the hope that Christ has promised to you despite what's going on around you, despite the business, despite the chaos both inside your home and out, remember what God has given to you and the promise and the life that he has granted you. And as you remember, just spend some time proclaiming that joy that you have received in Christ. So may the peace of Christ which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds until our Savior comes again. Amen. Well, let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful. We are so thankful that our hope and our joy is not, it's not determined by what we have done. It's not found in our work, our righteousness, our holiness, but in you, Lord. Remind us of that. Keep our eyes focused on you and what you have done. God, I just ask that you bless our celebrations uh, as we we, uh, head towards the birth of you. Use us, Lord, to be a light to this world. All of these things we pray in your holy name. Amen.